Hi everyone and welcome to Borderless Heritage, where cultures collide and connections thrive. Join Valeria from Nicaragua, Maite from Mexico, Che from Taiwan, and Nilu from Iran. What was the point that we we like decided to make this podcast? I think there's one night we were drinking and we were eating <laughs> and like we just like we were chatting a lot about own culture and countries and we found it's like super interesting about like exploring other people's like history. The thing that was really fascinating for me the moment was that I I found similar things in between cultures like we we live in really different countries but sometimes we have the same things like i don't know knocking on the wood do you have yeah. it as well yeah but for example in my country knocking in the wood is when you don't want something to happen i don't think we have that or like i lost my heritage somehow coming to heritage we have to say that we we study all world heritage studies together yeah we all come from different countries from different fields but somehow we met each other starting because apparently we share the same interest in heritage and that nine it was also that feeling of we are from far places places that are really far from each other and then we saw the similarities but then also how we handle one thing differently yeah like we might yeah. have the same kind of fruit but we don't eat it the same way yeah it was avocado right? it was avocado <laughs> like avocado and for us that we are from latin america we don't think about avocado as something sweet but it's something savory something salty and then we went to other places and we realized that people drink it drink avocado juice. <laughs> what is your background? How you came to choose World Heritage uh, as your master program? For me, after working in a museum for almost uh, five years, I decided that I need to move forward and study much in deeply this, um, yeah, this, this whole production of culture, well, not only production, but the way we present or display our culture. And yep, then I decide it's time for a master's. Well, I'm also an architect, so but in my case it was quite different because I never thought about studying heritage itself. But when there was a political crisis that started in my country in 2018, so it was basically to see how, because of the political situation that the country was having, there was like no one talking about heritage itself. Of course, when you have so many social issues, that is the last topic in the list. But still, it was something that it, it was there, although people were not talking about it. But maybe we can say like the intangible heritage is something that people were starting to say more, to think about it more, to voice it out more. So it was this idea right. of, okay, what can I do about my career? What can I do from my side? And this seems like a very interesting perspective to come here and to see yeah. what was I able to learn about it. Yeah, oh, well, I'm I actually come from a conservation background. My bachelor actually studying traditional building arts conservation. It's kind of 
different than yours, Nilu. I think it's more about how we use. Oh, it's also because the material we use like super differently than Europe. So actually, uh, uh, the things uh, I got trained. Yeah, I got trained is like how to use traditional technique to build back traditional buildings. I think that's fascinating, maybe for you guys. But actually, mm, there's not that much job opportunity in this film back home. So yeah, I, I choose to come and learn more about heritage, maybe also management, and also like opening my own like vision, not only staying back home, like just. Focus on like one little spot. As you mentioned, I also studied conservation, like、uh, conservation of historical buildings. But、uh, when you added like the more definition, like you you use traditional materials、mm-hmm. to like、uh, conserve the historical buildings, right?、Yeah. It's the same for us. Really? Yeah, like we study in some courses、um, the history of conservation, which comes、uh, from. Europe,、mm-hmm. um, specifically in Italy,、okay. right? But、uh, when we go further, more、uh, we go through our traditional material like clay. We、mm. we used to use like clay and soil mostly. But in in some some areas, we also have stones, but mostly and it's like or- to make it harder. Yeah, things, right. Yeah, exactly. We have the both. What we call it in English, like "hesht va ajor." Yeah, it's it's. Does it change、adobe? by region, like adobe? Like maybe through、mm-hmm. the like history when they got like better in technical、okay. things, they started to bake the clay. Yeah, the clay to have like a stronger material.、Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, that's. It's also f- like fascinating to see how all these traditional ways of building evolves with the technology. Yeah, like people is making their life easier, but they're like, is 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 this unbalance between having it easier and more accessible to everyone, but also losing the traditional ways of doing it? Yeah, yeah that's kind of sad, right? Yeah. But what is the main material in your architecture, like traditional architectures in your countries?、Uh, I don't. But it is that this. No, we also had like very. If we go to vernacular, like let's say prior to colonization, are these mud blocks. They were basically、mm. do it with mud and I don't know grass and rocks, and they basically made the shape of the blocks, let it dry in the sun, and then they use it like also with some natural weight of I don't know like a mortar to paste them basically and to start making the structure. But those are also traditional ways that have been very lost, because of course, like mass production of houses with concrete with、exactly. iron is easier and more accessible for people. Than taking I don't know one year to build a small room because you're doing it the traditional way,、yeah. so it's also that thing that you lose that traditionality、mm. because of easiness or easy access. I think at least in my region the material is cut stone,、mm. and it's quite heavy and quite thick. But it's also to、uh, meant to to be done in this way、uh, to protect from the weather. It's a situation that you want to to keep yourself cool because it's very hot、ah, okay. during the summer. Yeah,、so、and during winter. During the winter, it can it can reach a very down 
uh, zero, but not as cold as here. We haven't mentioned where we are. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that here in Germany, we are freezing ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even in summer. Yeah. I think at this point we've been here for like three semesters minimum. Yeah. 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 In our heritage master. And so we already experienced what is a German winter. Yeah. <laughs> and this year we didn't experience spring because it was super cold. <laughs> like at least two of us come from very humid countries. Yeah. <laughs> like both Taiwan and Nicaragua are very humid. At least Nicaragua is humid and hot. This season, yes. Like mm -hmm. back home, like in Taiwan also, like it's, I think now it's like 33 degrees. Now it's the uh, end of May. Which season would it be? Right um, it's supposed to be the end of spring, the beginning of summer, I think. Yeah, it's supposed to be, I mean, I'm not sure it's going to get warmer or hotter. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the weather is like getting really hot for now. But we're hoping there's some like typhoons coming. Oh. Because of like, we really need the rain. Most countries, they, they, they're facing this problem because we also have uh, lots of problems in like water issues and rains and yeah, so the bodies of water are not being completely full because there is no rain so there exactly. are a lot of droughts and then people have no access to to tap water exactly simple as yeah yeah but you don't have this issue we do for example in Nicaragua right now uh, it's you know climate change <laughs> yeah, exactly. so we have like hotter summers sometimes we have because we have a lot of hurricanes maybe we have more hurricanes during winter uh -huh. but maybe there are some dry winters so right now it's been a year by year case so we cannot see how how is climate change affecting mexico <laughs> this in my area i can say that last year there was a problem with draw very strong and some of the um, we are debated by states. Some of the states were having like a mm, more struggle than others because the, the country is huge. So sometimes yeah. what happens in the north, it, it doesn't happen in the south, for example, mm. because it, it changed in the landscape a lot. So at least we are lucky that we can help uh, each other, kind yeah. of. Kind of, I will say. <laughs> I don't want to get in too political with this, but <laughs> not everyone help, you know. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> So after being here for, or been studying this master for three semesters at least, do you feel like your perspective about heritage has changed? Because at, at least in my case, I feel like I knew what was heritage. I knew that it was important, but I learned that there are reasons behind, whether they're political, whether they are local, whether they are because we want to conserve our culture or we want to make a point. So now is now I'm questioning after this time studying here, like the reasons why we conserve. So do you feel like your perspectives have changed? For me, I'm not going to say got changed. I will say I opened my like version of this because like before I actually just focused with like techniques things. Mm -hmm. Like we do a lot of like, a lot of things with wood, with, with somehow with clay and other weird, like with bowls, really weird materials and focus with how to paint traditional paintings. But yeah, like, as you said, like the reason why we're doing this, like we don't, I, I know some, but we do study some, but like we didn't focus with this part. Well, after the studies, I will say 
that I got a more complete overview of, of, of how the heritage uh, process is in, in general, like uh, how it affects the economy, for example, how mm-hmm. it's involved with the politics. How, uh, it's a machinery, uh, machinery more, much more complex than I imagine. You, you might think, or at least I might think before, that it was something just produced by the people who live in the locality, and then you see, like, no, we are all somehow interconnected, and uh, at least uh, in in Mexico, I could say that uh, mm, mm, it might have uh, much more opportunity in some areas that might have been for long time ignored or not ignored per se, but uh, maybe not uh, well uh, showcast. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there is a difference in, in, in cultures that uh, they are not uh, mm, well famous, but uh, they are part of the country diversity and richness. And I could see it now better after the studies. Uh, yeah, before I, I before I only uh, think about the history, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. only focus on what is the past, but not also what is going on now. How, how is our now connected with our present, for example? Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to add something. It's like not only studying here, but like just going around Europe, and mm-hmm. also last semester, two semester before we went to Egypt, and like it's a really like rich heritage country. Just looking at them, like I, I learned how people use heritage, like mm-hmm. all over, like different places. I think that's pretty important, like for, for me, like for like actually the heritage, uh, film back home. I agree. Also, like traveling, once you have this knowledge, it also makes you look things differently. So it's like yeah. you you start to see outside your bubble or how like people there in your culture. And then you realize, okay, I'm in a completely different culture, and there are the reasons. They have the reasons wh- why they are living with the, with the heritage this way. Actually, I think that was the thing that happened to me. I I really faced the big effect on me, my on my mindset to like um, face into different cultures, like mostly intercultural studies. Like when I find out that like in different countries, even in Europe. People are struggling about the same things like discourses that I used to think that it's it just about us. Like in my country, we had these problems or these discussions or whatsoever. Like um, once I met uh, two students, one uh, a German architecture background and another German with uh, urban design yeah studies and uh, we were talking about different things and suddenly they they told me that why why you want to conserve these old buildings what kind of usage they're gonna have people actually can use them i was like oh my god i can't believe that this this discussion also exists in uh, like germany because we have lots of debate and when, when like the municipalities wanna like um, destroy some historical parts, conservators and researchers, heritage researchers comes and they're like, no, you can. This is the value. These places have value and etc. Mm-hmm. And I used to think that uh, 
this is us that we still struggling with this mindset mm-hmm. it's not like in germany like conservators they they have their voices like in comparison in my countries that they, they're not that strong enough to maybe to stand for their opinions mm-hmm. like you have to fight really but the fact that people all over the world think the same they have the same perspectives or questioning mm-hmm. different things like the same way it it was really really interesting for me yeah what is the discourse behind and also like some of the objects that they took to these global north countries they were taken in a time where it was normal yeah. when it was part of the conquer process when yeah, it was yeah. part of how you invade a country when you're in a war with a country you just take things back home or like these things that they found or they discover, yeah. big quotation marks. <laughs> and, and then we have nowadays all these fights about the provenance of them. It's like, you know, it belongs to my country, you know, it belongs to my culture, mm. but sometimes it's this idea of the museum or the institution or the shared heritage or the mm. global heritage, like why we don't have the right to also present it to the world. Yeah. And then there are these communities, these places when they're like okay but this has a different meaning for me this is not just an object with artistic value so how can you take this if this this means something else for me and is that like who say who has the saying for those things at the end as i found it's an international problem that all countries like we none of us like none of these countries neither iran or nicaragua or mexico or taiwan or other countries they don't have the ability to uh, have their artifacts. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe like, maybe sometimes the conditions in the country are not the best ones to actually yeah, exactly. do start making those demands. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it, it it's those moments when it gets complicated or tricky. Exactly. What you do then with those objects when they give you back? But there's also like this idea of it doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what I do with my objects because they are mine. <laughs> you go to certain museums and some like what, eighty percent of the actual collection is in a basement. <laughs> yeah, it's not even presented to the public, and they don't want to give them back. So it's like, what are you doing with those objects? Also, a really interesting topic because the biggest museum back home in Taiwan, actually, I don't know if you know the Old Palace Museum. In Taipei. Anyway, because in Beijing they have another one. But we're like totally different. All our objects is from China. Like uh, 60 years ago when our government like moved like everything from China like to Taiwan because they lost the civil war. So they have like big boats with this all objects and they move to Taiwan. And now they said uh, all the objects, if they... Um, the exhibition will change every three months, so they will change the objects. If you want to finish watching all, like or like, yeah, watching the objects, you need to spend sixty years. Like you can see wow. how much we actually, like, bring all these objects from China. There's good thing and bad things because mm-hmm. all this object is from the old King Palace, and during like, um, I think like. How long ago? You know, like their time period, like Chinese is like crazy, destroying everything about like the higher, like the royal family connect with them because they don't have royal family that time. Everything connect with like a high level 
uh, they're like destroying everything. So like even sometimes everyone says like the thing you're saying like because this object they like people bring them away from China, so the, the they survive. Okay. Chinese is asking like museums like, of course there's some like uh, wrong ways in history when they they went to like. The United States or Germany or British Museum, whatever. <laughs> but now they're asking them to return it. I'm not sure, like, really asking because I'm not really focused with this kind of topic. But, like, if they really stay in China, we know. We really know that everything will be destroyed and you won't see that anymore. Yeah. Because, like, for your topics, like, it might, right? Like, yeah. it might. But we know in China, China it's. It's like totally destroyed. They don't want to mm. tell the story behind those objects, so it's for them it's better to destroy it. Uh, not not like this. It's like everyone is equal, okay. so no one should have this kind of thing. That ah, kind of thing. That's the okay. main idea. Yeah. Okay. Like I because see. usually, like it's like nobles, royal family will collect uh, all this. Like who is rich? So no one should be rich. No one should be noble. Mm, Everyone should be same level. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Pergamon Museum. Uh -huh. I guess they return to artifacts of Benin. Oh, that's the Humble Forum. Ah, oh, Humble Forum. Yeah, yeah. Humble Forum. They return to object of Benin, like the bronzes. Benin bronzes. Bronzes. Yeah. 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 So uh, we were talking that like uh, uh, they they had scanned the object carefully and by mm -hmm. detail, and they. Um, gave it back and we were talking that we were living in an era that having the information is the power so it's not really um, important to have the object but it's important to have the information so if you have the really detailed scan with techniques and everything no matter if you gave it like back to the roots yeah and as far as i know with that benin bronzes collection it's like they have 170 in the Humble Forum, mm -hmm. and they gave back just two. Yeah. And the exhibition itself, they're like 10, which means wow. that they are archived. They are in a basement. They are probably exactly. not even exposed to the public. So it's like, what is this? It feels like a power, although, okay, they say that it's because they're reconciliating with their mm -hmm. colonial past. So this is a gesture that they're making, yeah, but exactly. only two pieces for an entire big collection. What about in the museum that you work, Maite? Was it all the objects from Mexico? Or did you have like these loans from other places? Uh, it was about an, uh, the life of an entrepreneur okay. in, uh, uh, in the area of Monterrey. And it has loans from other entrepreneurs. So it was telling the same story uh, from the same uh, community and people. So mm. it doesn't have this kind of uh, interconnection with with other places, really. Uh, but yeah, yesterday I was in the in the humble forum exactly. Mm. Now that I remember, and the interesting point that uh, they were putting in their exhibition is that they don't only put the objects, but they have these collaborations with. Uh, Mm, artists okay. to tell stories from the objects oh, and I think that's okay. much more rich than just having the objects because mm -hmm. uh, the objects yeah. can tell us a lot yeah. but what is the connection with the with the communities that belong to mm -hmm. exactly. that, that that could be uh, the gain from for the Humboldt Forum really 
that yeah. hold the, the objects itself. Yeah, that's really, really a good way of presenting because when you go to a museum and you just see like thousands of objects in a like meaningless concept context, you're like, so what? Yeah, and then But you're overwhelmed. You have no information. Exactly. Just a small description, and you have no story. Exactly. So it's just like any object. You can't relate to it. You're exactly. just. That happened with me when I went to British Museum. There's too much things. We spent six hours. The crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. We wa- we spent six hours without like audio guys, like just walking in. I haven't finished it yet. I didn't like even have time to read. Like all the information, you have to run. I have to run to go through like every like the exhibition rooms. I think we went through lots of deep discussions. Yeah, it it's supposed to be just an introduction. Yeah, but right? but this this is like a small glimpse yeah. of yeah, all the exactly. topics we're planning to touch. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like how we get together because we all love this kind of topics, exactly. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is like the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> exactly. We're going to talk about many different things. Not only about heritage, buildings or artifacts or yeah. cultures, personal experiences, food, languages. So as we wrap this episode of Borbelous Heritage, we would like to thank you for joining us on this journey. Let's continue to break down boundaries, challenge stereotypes, and promote cultural interactions. Your engagement encourage our persons to continue sharing narrative that promotes unity and solidarity. From all of us at Borderless Heritage, thank you. Goodbye, and we'll be back in the next episode.